0: In what's been seen internationally as a unique and highly risky experiment, a new firm is poised to begin doing all community diagnostic testing for well over a million Aucklanders. The challenge is huge. In early September, a firm which is still being set up will take over the sole supply contract to test up to 36,000 blood and other samples for 9,000 patients a day. What impact will it have for those in Auckland and are there implications for the rest of the country? Health correspondent Karen Brown investigates. When I look down the microscope, yes. I see cells, Yes. and I'm looking at the nucleus of the cells to decide if someone's got cancer or if they haven't got cancer. Sharon Vogel works for Diagnostic Lab Limited, or DML, in its $50 million laboratory in Ellerslie, Auckland. She's a cytology technologist detecting cancer in cervical smears from around the country. What looked to me like purple squiggles on a white background mean considerably more to her. So what I see down here, I see a cell, okay, and there's a nucleus, for example here, and the cytoplasm. And I'm looking at the nucleus, I'm looking at the size of the nucleus, the colour of the nucleus, the shape of the nucleus, to decide if that's a normal cell or if that's a malignant cell. And this, this cell here is normal far from normal however is the wider environment in which sharon and her colleagues both at dml and around the country are working in 5 months time dml will be forced to relinquish its decades old contract for all community laboratory testing of aucklanders to lab tests auckland limited lab tests won the 560 million dollar contract several years ago on the back of a bid that promised to save auckland health boards millions of dollars But there's only one workforce, and they're in short supply. For the contract change to work, a sizeable chunk of DML's approximately 600 staff must switch employers. And so far, there's little sign they will. DML staff at work at their laboratory bench aren't happy. The DHBs just want to give us a dumbed-down health system. All they care about is the bottom line. They don't care about the standard, and they don't actually care about what's good for the patient. It's what's good for the bottom line as far as they're concerned. Sheila Ryken is second in charge of DML's haematology lab. Staff there analyse blood to pick up signs of ill health. They also examine bone marrow for lymphoma, leukemias, and other cancers and help train students doing the Bachelor of Medical Laboratory Science or BMLS degree. We do a lot of the placement final year for the BMLSs and I can't see that happening in the new laboratory and we also train most of the technicians and if we were to go to the other lab there would be neither time nor money nor inclination to do any of that. Lab Test says it'll pick up these training roles, but that's of little comfort to the DML staff. Sheila Ryken can't see how the new lab could match their own, which opened six years ago. This lab is the lab that everybody, all labs in New Zealand aspire to become, and we're just having it taken away from us. Just entering biochemistry. Now, biochemistry covers a huge array of tests. Marion Nowens is the senior scientist in the biochemistry section of the DML lab.
1: We're testing hormones here and we also do some cancer testing. We do the fertility testing as well. We're doing about 5,000 blood samples through this area every day. Um, we do PSAs as a cancer testing that we're doing. We do thyroid function tests, we do pregnancy tests.
0: She too cannot see the future past September or any reason for the upheaval.
1: It's taken us years to get this laboratory running as well as we have it running now. It's, we merged t- about 10 years ago and there's just so much work that's gone into it, so much hard work and effort by all the staff. And why just break it down and start all over again? I just just doesn't make
0: sense. Wendy Annan is a supervisor in the microbiology lab where they grow organisms so they can tell family doctors if their patient has an infection, what caused it and which antibiotic will treat it. They say they can do this and they say they can do that. Um, all, all that I'm saying is that you know, I've got a little bit you know, of laboratory experience and I feel that they've made a mistake and I just want that to be heard. Using the tourniquet, I
2: just select a vein that I can use to perform the venipuncture.
0: Karen O'Neill takes one of the thousands of blood samples that go through DML every day in what amounts to an integral part of a complex, detailed and exacting process. She's been a phlebotomist, that's someone who takes blood samples, at DML for 12 years and she's nervous. If
2: the 7th of September comes and we do
0: have to close up, I might
2: just take a sabbatical and just sit back and take time to think about what my next move will be.
0: Lab workers feel a strong sense of allegiance to their workplace where what they do is largely unseen to the public but is crucially important in saving lives. Jonathan Fox heads the College of General Practitioners and the Council of Medical Colleges.
3: Community laboratory services are the core of general practice in this country. It's a wonderful service that means that I can see a patient, have some tests done which then allow me to either treat the patient or refer them on to the hospital. If I didn't have ready access to this high-quality service and the backup from the pathologist, I would have to refer many more patients to hospital.
0: But some worry about the future quality of the service because of the retendering controversy. The chief executive of Counties Manukau DHB, Geraint Martin, insists the change will offer the same level of service while freeing up tens of millions of dollars for hip operations and other things.
3: We're not doing this, you know, just for the sake of it. We're doing this because we've clearly identified that over the course of a contract, we'll be saving 120 million dollars. That's 120 million dollars that we can reinvest back into frontline services. You know, this is an era of making sure that every health dollar that we have pays dividends.
0: Auckland DHBs began negotiating the unkept FIFA service contract in 2006 when it came up for renewal. Among their concerns were that volumes and costs were rising well ahead of funding. The DHBs failed to see eye-to-eye with DML, awarded the contract to lab tests, and have forked out just under $2 million since to defend themselves during the lengthy court case that followed. Money's been a central issue in the row from the start, including allegations of super profits. Wayne Brown was the chairman of the Auckland DHB at the time.
1: When you re-tender a service that's basically the same and get a new bid that's $20 million a year cheaper, that lets you know that that someone was making a fair bit of hoot out of this. The big story, we figured, was that there was $20 million to be saved. Then those who were losing the contract said about suggesting that that represented a poorer standard and all that sort of stuff. That's just not true. The new contract asked for much the same thing, excepting there were some measures of quality this time, which were absent beforehand.
0: Others say profit levels have been reasonable given the investment. The chief executive of DML, Arthur Morris, says there were no super profits being made in the period leading into the renegotiation when the DHBs had in fact one of the better deals in the country.
4: I think they felt that they didn't know what the margin was and they felt that they could get it cheaper and they went into a process to try and extract a better price which is fair enough, no quibbles with that. But our price wasn't higher than lab tests because we had a higher profit. Our price was higher because we were going to spend money on providing a collection service that was closely aligned to what Aucklanders were enjoying at the time.
0: Collection centres where people go to have their blood taken and where other samples are collected before being sent to the lab have been another battleground. DML has 82 such centres, none of which is being offered to its rival, at least not at this stage. LabTest says it doesn't need them and will rely instead on a completely new network of some 53 larger centres located in areas of greatest need and open longer hours. It hasn't revealed the exact location of these yet, but is beginning to discuss this with family doctors and others. LabTest says it will hire 700 staff, 300 of whom will manage collections with the rest in the lab. The Labtest Chief Executive, Or Linscog, says they will get up and running by September even if they are unable to hire more than a small proportion of staff from DML.
5: We have all our recruitment processes tailored to get staff, if not from DML, from elsewhere within New Zealand. We also extend recruitment efforts through to Australia. There is a big pathology merger of uh, two companies in Australia at the moment and it's a lot of scientific staff that's been made redundant through that process. And there is a number of those recruitment uh, plans that we have in place. Should there be a temporary shortfall, those roles will be filled by staff from elsewhere within uh, HealthScopes Network within New Zealand and that's selling communities and uh, Northland Pathology. And we also have obviously the whole network of Australian pathology operations in terms of drawing support from there.
0: LabTest says it can do the job cheaper because it will take a lower profit margin. It wants to take over the contract in stages, taking a quarter of the work in July, another quarter early the next month, and the remainder in late August, early September but Tests Ulf Linskog says DML has continued to refuse to meet to discuss the transition. He says this isn't right and could spark further legal action.
5: I feel really sorry for the DML staff at the moment because they are actually the meat in the sandwich here and I see the difficulty that they have at the moment and there's so much misinformation out there and I just wish that the DML staff at this point in time actually take the time to actually listen to what we're trying to say, register the interest on the website, come and talk to us, and we are open to talk to anyone who wants to discuss this from DML and just make their
0: own mind up. DML's chief executive, Arthur Morris, says he cannot believe the change will be good for Auckland and doesn't think the DHBs have given enough thought to the practicalities of switching the service. He says his company doesn't have to deal with lab tests until it appears a viable alternative.
4: We are of course getting legal advice and support over the current contract situation and the notice period and what transition will actually mean. Uh, We have yet to receive a letter from the DHBs listing what they perceive our transition obligations to be. Uh, I imagine that won't be too far away, but until we see that we won't really know the fine detail of what's being requested, but LabTest got the contract. Uh, they've got a six-month period to get up and running and they've got to be ready to do it all on day one. And if they're not, then we might be talking about transition around that time. But otherwise it's setting up a laboratory and that's their obligation that they have to the DHBs.
0: Arthur Morris says DML is not being obstructive, just realistic.
4: The DHBs went to court saying that they had the right to make a commercial decision and that's uh, what the courts have ultimately agreed with. Well, if that's a commercial decision, then uh, let's be commercial about it and not emotive or try and play up uh, ethical responsibilities or emotional responsibilities on our staff. It doesn't go down very well in our laboratory to then point the finger at us and say that we have some moral or legal obligation to aid and assist a competitor who put in a low price and won the contract.
0: The DHB say they have a strong and well-documented assurance from LabTest that it can pick up the contract on the go-live date of September the 7th and a 120-page transition plan spelling out how it will be done. Gariant Martin, Head of Counties Manukau DHB, says it'll happen.
3: DML are not mission critical to the success of the LabTest contract. We'd much rather DML work with us in terms of transfer collection centres that could be done. We'd much rather DML work with us in terms of keeping the great scientific staff within the Auckland community by uh, helping them tra- staff transition, should they wish to do so, to lab tests. But at the end of the day, DML are not mission critical to the success of the lab test contract.
0: But DML staff is?
3: Um, no. It's, um, we've queried lab tests on this and said, uh, if at the end of the day, you got no help from DML and there were no staff available who wanted to come across from DML, although that's not the case, some staff were already begun to come over. That they very clearly said that they would be prepared and feel able to run the service without any, any resources from DML.
0: None of this is remotely reassuring to the broad-based North Shore group representing GPs, nurses and others who provide services in the community, Harbour Health Primary Health Organisation. Its head, Susan Turner, says the contract decision was made without anywhere near enough input from them. The Auckland public, in our view, and the PHOs and the providers, at the end of the day there has to be absolute confidence that the decision that has been made has been a good one and that the delivery of a laboratory service is going to actually happen. And um, at the moment we don't have that confidence because we don't have the information to tell us about that. The concern is shared by those I spoke to at a shopping mall up the street in Albany. I think they should have left it as it was. I used the lab service and uh, I thought it was great, wonderful service. And I don't know why they have to change it.
5: I'm probably concerned that they will cut a lot of the offices. Offices they'll be closed, and so they won't be as accessible for people out of the suburbs or you know away from central Auckland. And at the moment. Up until now, there's been so many of them that have been easy to access.
6: And I think it's
3: ridiculous. It's a lab that doesn't exist, so I'm not really sure how they're going to do it. And I think there's a lot of pathologists that work for labs like that that are not sure where they're going to go and how they're going to do it. They might just leave New Zealand, go to Australia.
0: I've heard that Diagnostic medlab Lab have been doing a really good job, so that's a concern that those standards won't be continued or maintained. For the record, LabTest has its own purpose-built lab in Mount Wellington and is in the process of staffing and filling it with what it says is the latest laboratory equipment. The company says it wants to hire local lab and pathology staff to process tests on-site in Auckland. And Ulf Linscog rejects speculation that test samples could be sent to Australia.
5: There's no way that you can send samples across to Australia we are bound by quality standards and everything else and turnaround times requirements. It just never will work and uh, it never was our plan. That's something that come from, from another source than ourselves. And We, we intend to test 100% of all samples here in Auckland.
0: Instead, lab test owner HealthScope has rescheduled leave and done whatever it takes to ensure its 4,000-strong workforce in New Zealand and Australia could be called in if needed. Any Australian lab worker wishing to work here would need to be registered, but there's no sign yet at least of any increase in registration applications to the Medical Laboratory Science Board. All of this sort of detail is contained in the DHB's transition plan, which is confidential. Harbour Health PHO is one group calling for a private briefing on the plan to allay its concerns. Its chief executive, Susan Turner, says a trust-me approach from the DHBs isn't good enough. In any change there will always be teething problems and we would expect that. But this is a massive, completely new, complex system that's being implemented in the community and that's what's of major concern. It's the accumulative effect of this change and all these changes that are about to occur. The DHB's spokesperson, Grant Martin, says there should be no turning back.
3: The decision to implement that contract is clear. You know, We have no discretion on it. The courts have instructed us to do it, and therefore we have to follow that. We made a commitment uh, to LabTest, and LabTest made a commitment to us about the provision of service II, and we will honor those commitments. DML don't have a veto on it.
0: Of greater concern is the risk that DML may not, if it lost too many staff members, be able to deliver testing up to the September deadline. Garant Martin says that would be a bleak prospect.
3: One of the key things that we need to make sure that we manage over the next coming months is to ensure that there isn't a failure and that actually this becomes a very positive transition of service one to the other. I mean, this is a highly large, complex transition we need to take place. I would rather think about how are we going to do this in an exemplary, high-quality manner.
0: DML says if it lost half of its stuff, that would be a worry. The firm's also Australian-owned by Sonic and says it would look first to that Australian and New Zealand network to help. The
1: plaintiff has contended that it was wrong for the for dr beer to have anything to do with the rfp process
0: today's situation follows hefty criticism of the contract change by the high court 2 years ago followed by a total reversal from the appeal court backed recently by the supreme court the case focused on an alleged conflict of interest by a then lab tests founder tony beer who was also on the auckland dhb at the time plus a lack of consultation with doctors The courts were concerned with the process used to pick the winner, not who would do a better job. Tony Beer was cleared of any conflict of interest. By then he'd sold his interest in lab tests to HealthScope and he's no longer involved in it or the Auckland contract. Dr Beer won't discuss the Auckland situation but says what will be achieved in the long term wasn't his original goal. He says the DHBs are just replacing one monopoly with another.
4: We've gone from the frying pan into the fire, we're saving some money, which is great, but this is a a relatively short-term solution. If we're looking for a solution that, that will provide the people of Auckland with good laboratory services over a much longer period of time, we've got to sit back and start thinking what's likely to happen if we cement in place monopolies.
0: There's wider support for this view, including from Duane Crombie, who's one of the former Auckland DHB chiefs who gave the single contract to lab tests in the first place.
6: With hindsight, I wouldn't really have tendered this in a winner-take-all scenario. I think, looking back, it would have been much better to have a first and second. I think the winning bid probably should have got maybe two-thirds or three-quarters of the Auckland market, and maybe the second bid got a quarter or a third. I think, really, Auckland's big enough to have two players in it, and while that mightn't have delivered us all the efficiencies, it would have made the transition easier.
0: The lab test's head Ulf Linscog doesn't see it that way, he says choosing a single provider through a tender process offers major economies of scale and therefore savings. He also says their contract allows for the possibility they too may have to exit in six years' time.
5: Our contract leaves clauses open for the DHBs to actually change the management of this laboratory and the ownership of the lab actually goes back to the DHBs or the new provider and that caused for the same thing in terms of our collection centre network.
0: Nevertheless, the tendering out of community and sometimes hospital laboratory services by DHBs around the country over the past several years has led to other, more immediate problems. For example, individual tender agreements by DHBs have resulted in some patients paying for tests.
6: Hello Melita, it's Tony Ryle speaking.
0: The Health Minister, Tony Ryle, isn't pleased about such arrangements.
6: In Otago, Southland, you've got the single biggest privatisation that has ever happened in the New Zealand Public Health Service, where the Labour government allowed the laboratory services there in the hospital to be sold off to the community laboratory provider. Here in Wellington and in Hutt Valley and Gisborne, you've got patients being charged for privately referred lab tests. Uh, In Tauranga, where I live, in the Bay of Plenty, there's a whole lot of rules around something called wellness testing, where patients have to pay for that in our city where you don't pay for it in Rotorua or elsewhere.
0: Tony Riles placed a moratorium on any new charging for privately referred tests and has asked officials to report to him on whether a national policy is needed.
6: It's good that money is being released to be spent elsewhere in the public health service. You know, nothing stays still. And in commercial arrangements, everyone's trying to get the best deal that they can. But from a patient's point of view, you'd want to know that what you get from the public health service, your entitlements in, say, Tauranga, are the entitlements that you'd get in New Plymouth or Auckland. That's what having a national health service is about.
0: Christchurch, with a sophisticated hospital laboratory and two competing private labs, is the only region unaffected by tendering so far. The hospital lab does three and a half million tests a year for the city's public hospitals, specialised tests for other regions and a third of Christchurch's community testing. The general manager of the lab, Trevor English, says the country's watching Auckland.
2: But in some respects it's a sideshow to what else has happened in New Zealand. You know, the reality is this is the last cap off the rank of really restructuring the laboratory industry and it's seen a real loss of value or perceived value. People Generally general industry health boards, in my view, haven't valued the laboratory testing. They've seen it as a cost, so they've driven that into a position where the cost is, is the driver and not necessarily the engagement with the clinical event.
0: New Zealand has 210 pathologists who are specialist doctors who study the cause and effects of disease. They work with about 2,000 medical laboratory scientists and technicians. That's one pathologist for every 20,000 New Zealanders compared to one for every 15,000 in Australia where shortages are biting. Pathologists say that tendering's being used to take money out of lab testing. They point to the fact that the average cost of a test here, at $26, is about half the cost across the Tasman. Richard Steele is the New Zealand Vice President of the Royal College of Pathologists of Australasia.
6: Probably about between 10 to 20 per cent of the budget has been cut, particularly from community pathology, over the last uh, three or four years. And this is in the face of a ageing population where the numbers of tests are progressively going up. So that has been one of the impacts of the tendering. The second impact of the tendering is is that we, as as pathologists, want to maintain quality. So we're really focusing on maintaining the quality of the existing tests. And it really hasn't given us an opportunity to long-term plan, look to the future, and to keep New Zealand up with what's happening in the world of pathology, because clearly it's changing all the time with increasing technology and uh, advances in science. And I think New Zealand's starting to fall behind in that area.
0: Ian Powell of the Association of Salaried Medical Specialists says the tendering process has been chaotic. Up until the district health board system,
2: the community testing was handled by the Ministry of Health that funded it directly and spending was uncapped. It was volume driven. It was then devolved down to DHBs who found themselves dealing with contracts that were demand driven. They had no control over cost and costs were going up and the private laboratory companies were making a mint out of it. So they had to look to ways to control in that situation. Some have handled it better, some have handled it poor, and some have handled it appallingly.
0: Trevor English, head of Christchurch's hospital lab, says the laboratory workforce around the country is already stretched and the Auckland upset won't help.
2: I think it's catastrophic for the laboratory scene. For a number, number of ways, I mean, I think it, it's going to be really hard to transition that load of work from one place to another overnight. I don't sort of care how good you are, there will be mistakes made and there will be logistical errors and that will cause some grief, so that will be difficult. Just having that environment and then having the discontent of the referrers, so the doctors that use the lab there and they they won't be pleased with the change, all of those things will add up to just damage the the general laboratory reputation and that will affect all the industry.
0: The Auckland Rejig is widely seen as the biggest lab change that's been tried anywhere in the world. Among those watching is Texas based Robert Michelle, who writes about lab industry developments for the well respected industry journal, The Dark Report.
2: Can the new pathology vendor construct a brand new facility, equip it with state of the art instruments and analyzers, assemble a team of qualified laboratory scientists? And then with virtually little maiden voyage and dry run, essentially one second after midnight when the new contract becomes effective, service thousands of patients worth of specimens a night with the same quality that the existing pathology provider has.
0: Along with the change in Auckland comes an argument that cost-cutting has no place in health where lives are at risk. That antagonises the former Auckland DHB chairman, Wayne Brown, now head of the state-owned enterprise Transpower, who sees no difference between contracting out lab and other vital services.
1: The telephone system of New Zealand would have collapsed several times if contractors hadn't been able to hand over from one to another. And, I mean, we have to show internationally that we're prepared to have valid contract laws.
0: His no-nonsense approach saw Auckland DHB successfully managed out of a massive debt. Wayne Brown says Aucklanders should receive an even better service in the future. Well,
1: there may well be a short period of, uh, of difficulties at the handover, but I mean we've also had periods where our medical staff have gone on strike, and uh, this, the health system does cope through crises. And uh, there may be a crisis at the time, but you've got to remember this was this process was vetted not only by Audit New Zealand but by professors of the particular speciality.
0: The DHB's Geraint Martin says business decisions must be made in health, but it's not easy.
3: I think that the whole community laboratory story is one that really shows how tense that tension can become between the sort of imperative for competitive tendering to give value for money against the the issue of maintaining an infrastructure for, for public health.
0: Australian health industry analyst Ed Wilson says what's faced in Auckland is a mammoth but achievable task.
4: At the time of change, I would certainly, as an interested spectator, be watching for a breakdown. Such a a gigantic change as this will not be easily accomplished, but I'll bet they are bending their minds to
0: it. They are, but the critical period is still to come. Forced to make a prediction, most close observers say the new firm will get up and running. But what nobody can hazard a guess at is whether this experiment will be worthwhile in the long run. That programme was written and presented by Karen Brown. Technical production was by Leanne Smith and the producer was Sue Ingram.